I did my virtual live event for my Digital Course Academy students at my house. Oh my God, I loved it. Now, you all know that I have a little small studio in my house, so it's way easier for me, but I loved being home. I love that I didn't have a bunch of camera people filming me that I didn't know. That always makes me nervous. I love that we used our own technology, one camera, kept it simple. I was very comfortable. That was probably my most favorite virtual live event, and it converted great for momentum. I'm Amy Porterfield, ex-corporate girl turned CEO of a multi-seven-figure business. But it wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the confidence, the budget, and the time to focus on growing my small but mighty business. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and you'll see the business I have today, one that changes lives and gives me more freedom than I ever thought possible, one that used to only exist as a daydream. I created the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life you love, you're in the right place, friend. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to Online Marketing Made Easy. Question for you. How are things in the life of being an entrepreneur? Like, has anything inspired you or fired you up lately? I hope that these episodes have inspired you. I hope they help you get through the tough days of being an entrepreneur and sail through the easy ones as well. And I think it's kind of amazing how a podcast or even an inspiring book I think it's amazing what it can do for your mental focus and determination. I know for me, I listen to at least a podcast or two a day, usually when I'm doing something else. I'm driving somewhere, I'm getting ready in the morning, I'm working out. And of course, there's always a true crime in there. But I also love episodes or podcasts about mindset shifts or small business building or anything around you know, leveling up as a leader. Those typically are my favorite types of podcasts. And I was thinking, I'd love to know how you feel about online marketing made easy. Meaning like, does it inspire you? Does it get you through the hard days? Is there something you're hoping I would talk about that I haven't talked about yet? I want you to drop me a DM. So I'm very active on Instagram. I'm just at Amy Porterfield on Instagram. And although I can't get to every DM, I do look at them every day and try to respond back to a lot of them. I would love to hear from you. Like hearing from you directly about how this podcast has possibly supported you or what you want more of, bring it on. So send me a DM, send me a quick note in Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. When you run an online business, your marketing metrics will tell you what in your business is profitable and where you're throwing money away. Yikes. That's pretty important, right? Luckily, I've put together the Ultimate Marketing Metrics Checklist, which is a free resource that will guide you through tracking and analyzing the most crucial metrics for your business. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep it simple but effective. From evergreen data and revenue generation to podcast metrics and social media growth, this cheat sheet will cover it all. It's the exact one my team and I use to track our metrics on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. Let me be honest here. This wasn't an overnight process win for me. It took me 10 years to build this comprehensive list and get it just right. But you, my friend, can start using it today 
tailoring it to suit your business specific needs, but not having to start from scratch like I did. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just getting started, this cheat sheet will help you make informed decisions as you grow your business and empower you to move forward confidently. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics to get your hands on the ultimate marketing metrics cheat sheet now. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash metrics. Okay, so let's talk about today's topic, how to host a live virtual event, no matter how big or small your audience is. So this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart because as an online entrepreneur, it can be hard to find pockets of time to truly connect with your audience on an intimate level. And I do believe that live events are the way to go. So in today's episode, I'm breaking down the truth about live virtual events versus in-person events, and I'm going to share which one I prefer and why. And then we're going to dive into some tangible advice and guidance that you can put to use for your own virtual event. And we'll talk about the six key decisions that you'll want to make as you begin planning your event and how to create and organize your content and then how to make sure you're ready to go live and ensure things flow smoothly during your event. Now, I created this episode assuming you're hosting an event for your students or paying customers. The reason I'm doing that is because that's how we run our events and it makes planning and running them a whole lot easier. Don't get me wrong. I love a good open to the public event, but when you offer it to only those who are your students or customers, it allows you to create highly specific content that will serve them best and it creates a more intimate experience. They're all part of your community. So that's the angle that we're going to focus on today. But that's not to say that you can't use everything I'm teaching here for, let's say, a general public event and all those in your community, whether they paid for your course or not. So stick with me here. I think there's something for everyone. And a bonus, I've created a free resource that goes hand in hand with this episode. It's called a PAG or Program at a Glance document, a PAG doc. And I'll explain more about it later in this episode, but I'm just putting that bug in your ear to make sure that you grab this. You just have to visit the show notes or the description of this show where you're watching it, let's say on your smartphone, go to the description. You're actually going to get a link to this PAG document, which you are going to love. All right. This is a pretty meaty episode, so let's get to it. First and foremost, I want to chat about live virtual events versus live in-person events. And I'll kick this off by saying that one isn't better than the other per se, Both offer pros and cons, and it really comes down to your business and your personality and your industry and your audience. And as we've experienced lately, what's going on in the world? And I think that's probably the biggest factor right now. Like, let's just put it out there. We saw tons of virtual live events happen over the last two years because of COVID. And some people will say, well, people are over virtual live events, Amy. They need to be in person now. That's absolutely not true. My friend Gabby Bernstein just did a online live, so it's virtual event for her book tour, and it was incredibly successful. And she has done in-person events for her 
former books. And she decided to do virtual because where the world is right now. And she said she's so glad she did because she felt like she still would have maybe not had the turnout at the live in-person event than she has in the past because the world is still in an uncertain place. So I just believe that both are very, very valuable. So today I'm speaking from my own experience and having offered both virtual and in-person events in the past and what has worked well for us and why virtual events are a popular choice right now, many of the reasons I just mentioned. But as always, decide what makes the most sense for you and your business and your audience. So as we all know, in 2020, we were forced to go virtual with our events due to the pandemic. But something amazing happened from this. We realized that there were some fantastic benefits to going virtual. In fact, two years later in 2022, virtual events, like I said, are still taking the lead. And with the ROI they offer, I think we'll continue to see them um, as stiff competition for the in-person events in years to come. So here are the benefits that I've noticed from holding virtual events. We've personally experienced that they tend to have a larger outreach and attendance rate than our in-person events. So virtual events are more accessible and are typically a lower cost for attendees, no travel involved. So that's definitely a bonus. And because you're getting a higher attendance rate, we've seen that this often results in more on-stage sales than in in-person events. So even though in-person events have a slightly higher conversion rate, let's say 20% versus 18% for virtual events, because there are more people in attendance, the net results is more sales. As you can imagine, hosting a virtual event is far more cost-effective. My team has found that on average, we end up paying 40 to 50% less with our online events. A big reason for this is that although COVID-19 restrictions are easing up, the in-person events world is not back to where it was pre-pandemic. And here's why. Supply chain shortages are at an all-time high, which means higher costs and slower delivery times. We're also seeing that hotels and venues have taken a significant hit, and the cost to book venues is also at an all-time high. And lastly, these hotels and venues are severely understaffed, which impacts the in-person experience. All this to say, virtual events right now make a lot of sense for a lot of business owners. Will it stay that way always? Mm, I don't think so. I know that people are craving in-person experiences again too, so that's something to keep in mind. And you can also do a hybrid where you do virtual and in-person, so that's another thing to think about. But for right now, for me personally, virtual events take the cake. And that's why I wanted to give you this episode to help you plan one of your own if you're thinking about doing one. Oh, and real quick, before we dive into the key decisions for hosting a virtual event, one personal benefit for me is that the introvert in me loves hosting a virtual event over in-person. Now, hear me when I say that I absolutely love the times when I get to be in person with my students. I get really nervous before I kind of start to dread it. And then here I am standing with one of my students, falling in love with them. And I'm like, why don't I do this more often? My heart overflows with gratitude when I'm live with so many of you. So 
I love that aspect. I always say like, why don't I do this more? But then of course, my energy is totally depleted very quickly. And I'm kind of down for the count afterwards, but that's just my personality. So I've shared about this in a shorty episode where I talk about being an introvert in an extrovert career. So I'll link to that one because for my introverts that are thinking about doing any kind of event, you probably want to listen to that episode. So I'll link to it in the show notes. So for me, virtual events allow me to protect my energy and I feel less awkward and anxious and I can still serve my audience in a really big way. So if you're an introvert, especially, pay close attention. All right, so let's talk about the six key decisions that come along with planning a virtual event. I'll share them up front and then we'll break each one of them down. So the six key decisions include when will you host your event, choosing the overall theme of the event, so important, how long will your event be, will you be selling at your event or just providing value and nurturing your audience, what platform will you host this event on, and then lastly, where will you host this virtual event? So first up, key decision number one, when will you host your event? So get those dates on the calendar because it takes time to plan and organize and bring to life and fill up your event. I love hosting a live virtual event after my students get through Digital Course Academy. So if you've ever been in Digital Course Academy, you know either you've been offered a live in-person event or more recently, you've been offered a virtual event where only my students of Digital Course Academy get to attend, which allows us to host a graduation party at the live event. That's how we kick the whole thing off. Makes it so special. Or if you're hosting a bonus fulfillment, so that means that your live event was offered as a bonus, make sure that you're not taking away from the course. You want to set enough time between your students enrolling and then you hosting this event that you're doing. So give them time and space to work through the course content. That's why I love a live event after the course is done because then they get through a lot of the content. And also you gotta be mindful of holidays. You don't wanna end up with an event during a time when your audience will be checked out or unavailable. So just some things to think about when you are deciding on when you will host your event. Like, is it going to be after a course that you did? If it's a fulfillment of a bonus, make sure to give them enough time to get through the course. And then of course, think about those holidays. All right. Key decision number two, what will your theme be? So the theme of your event is going to help you craft the topics and guests that you're going to invite and also just what you're going to cover overall. So choosing the theme really comes down to who your audience is. And if you're fulfilling it as a bonus, what that bonus promised and often the season you're hosting your virtual event in. So for example, because our events are often a bonus fulfillment, so We offer the event as a bonus for Digital Course Academy students. The theme will be directly related to whatever the core product is. So we offer a virtual event as a Digital Course Academy bonus. And our focus tends to be on marketing because we know that topic will deeply resonate with all the work my students have been doing inside DCA. Plus, it allows us to expand upon what they've already learned. So that's what I really love. I always promise content I've never delivered to them before in the live event, and it always builds on what they're learning in the digital course, which is pretty cool. 
I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I want to talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you wanna make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. Now, because this live event is hosted at the end of the calendar year, for me, we usually do it in December. We also add a mindset angle because We're going into a new year and we want to talk about habits and rituals and strategies to get your mindset in the right place for the new year, which makes it pretty cool. So once you have a theme, you can easily move on to key decision number three, which is how long will your event be? Now, the sweet spot will be different for everyone. Ours are usually one or two days. As with anything, the length of your event very much depends on what makes sense for your audience. So do you work with busy moms who only have pockets of time in their packed schedules? Or do you work with people that have a nine to five job? So you have to kind of think about the fact that they're in a work setting from nine to five. And the thing is, you know your audience better than anyone else. So set the length according to what makes the most sense for them, but also makes the most sense for your promise of this event. If you promise to give them a transformation, you need the correct amount of time to get them there. So think about your promise as well. 
All right. So decision number four, will you be selling at your event or is this a bonus fulfillment or a way to nurture your audience or a mix of these? So for example, as I shared, as a bonus for Digital Course Academy, we host this event. Only my DCA students can attend, which makes it intimate. And I love that. So this makes it a bonus fulfillment, but it also is a great way to nurture them and offer a way to support them and congratulate them for all their hard work and make sure they don't give up. A lot of people who attend my live event have not launched their course yet. They've only probably gone through three-fourths of the digital course that I created for them. So we, it's such a seamless transition into inviting them into Momentum, which is my $97 a month membership. And you can only get in it if you've purchased DCA. And so there's a huge focus of getting momentum and continuing the momentum so that you complete your digital course. And then we invite them into what I happen to call momentum, which is my membership. So I do sell from stage, but it feels so seamless. Like I'm not a big fan of selling from stage. I don't love doing that. I rarely do it. And I, it's been years since I've been on somebody else's stage and sold my own course, like 10 years probably. But being on my own stage and saying, are you ready to take the next step? You are officially invited into momentum. It's so seamless and it feels so good. So you have to ask yourself, are you going to sell anything? And if so, you got to plan for that. You need to create the presentation. You need to add immense value before you do it. And you need to know how you're going to position it. So that is really important. Making that decision, are you going to sell or not? Key decision number five, what platform will you host on? So we've chosen to go with Vimeo for our virtual live events, but you know that with any tech, you have to have a backup plan. And if you don't think of that, now you know. Oh, I know this from personal experience. If you are listening and you were at the virtual event I did at a Franklin theater, it was like at a cinema, and you went through DCA and then you got invited to entrepreneur experience. So it's literally, I think not the last one I did, but the year before it must've been in 2021. No, it was at the end of 2020. At the end of 2020, I did an event and Vimeo went down. Like it was a site-wide thing and we did not have a backup plan. And I might've shed a few tears behind stage when the feed was down because it went down like 10 times. It was horrific. So I will never not have a backup plan again. So if you want to hear about that a little bit more and some blunders I've made with tech, I did this episode. It was episode 403, five tips to kiss tech overwhelm goodbye. And I share some of the biggest reasons why I always want you to have a backup plan. Biggest reasons, meaning the biggest mistakes I've made with tech. So that's amyporterfield.com forward slash 403. Okay, so we use Vimeo as our main platform for these live virtual events. However, we now create a backup plan using YouTube just in case Vimeo has an issue again. So there are more options than this when it comes to a platform that you can choose to host your event on. And Zoom is also a great option. So something to think about. So you don't have to get super fancy with the technology. And then lastly, decision number six, where will you host your virtual event? So if you have the space and flexibility to host it at home, I highly recommend you do this. You're going to save so much time, so much money. It will minimize the stress of having to set up and get to a second location. However, I'm very aware that 
your home might not be ideal for everyone. So if that doesn't work, I would consider renting an Airbnb for a few days. Or if you want to go bigger, you can certainly do like event space. So side note here, I've done live events in the past and I'm going to do a virtual live event for my book launch. So next year, and I'm doing that with Sage, a company called Sage. You might have heard of Sage. Blue and Barry are the owners of Sage. Those are their first names. They are incredible. I love them. And a lot of stuff that I've learned along the way, it's because I got to work with them. And they like the PAG, that free template I told you about. The PAG, that was introduced to us from Blue and Barry for the very first time. Like all event spaces use it, but I didn't know what it was. And so... Anyway, if you want to go like super high end, you know, you've seen those events where people have like Tony Robbins does this, Gabby did this, where that you've got all those screens behind you, Jamie Kern Lima did it. Well, that's kind of like the situation that Sage would set up. You know, it's more pricey, of course, but that's like top, top notch. But here's the thing. Back at the end of 2021, I did my virtual live event for my Digital Course Academy students at my house. Oh my God, I loved it. Now you all know that I have a little small studio in my house, so it's way easier for me, but I loved being home. I love that I didn't have a bunch of camera people filming me that I didn't know. That always makes me nervous. I love that we used our own technology, one camera, kept it simple. I was very comfortable. That was probably my most favorite virtual live event and it converted great for momentum. Like we sold momentum, it did great. So my friends, if you're thinking about doing it at home and you feel like you can get that set up, do it, do it, do it, do it. But if you're using a tech team or a different location, try to hire the tech team from that location. So we hired a Nashville team at the end of 2020 to do my Nashville event uh, versus flying in someone from California because that's all I knew was California people, but I got a recommendation for a local team saves you tons of time, money. You don't have to pay for them to fly out there. The opportunity that maybe they miss a flight and they're not there on time, you don't have to deal with any of that. Oh, and one thing I want to bring up is that if you do an Airbnb or a location, just make sure that you actually go there and check it out. We did my live webinars for a launch a couple years ago at a location. We didn't do it at home. And there was a train, a train that every few hours was the loudest thing ever. I can't even believe this venue doesn't tell you that, this venue I chose. So you gotta kind of go scope it out because that train was very distracting. So be careful about things like that. You gotta just make sure you're choosing the right location. So anyway, your turn now. Where would you do your virtual event? Now that you have your six key decisions locked and loaded, let's dive into my personal favorite topic when it comes to an event, and that is organizing and creating content. Now, the good news is that you have your event theme clear at this point. So once you do that, this becomes a whole lot easier. So to take your theme one step further, I recommend creating a theme for each day of your event. This is something that I learned from working with my event company, Sage, who I mentioned earlier and big shout out to them. They've really taught me a lot. So having a theme in place for each day really helps us to plan out the content for each day. So for example, day one is all about connecting with your community and adding value. So that was our theme for day one. So during the first day, we made it a priority to remind them why they're there, 
what they will gain from the event. And then we hit them up with massive value, whether that would be a presentation I would give, or we have a speaker, or sometimes a little bit of both. And we also aim to add content and opportunities to help them feel connected and part of the community that is there at the event. Even if we're virtual, we still want to create that feeling. So if this is an event that we are selling at, we like to teach them something that leads directly into the product that we're promoting. So for us, that means showing or teaching a strategy that can help our students make money. So whatever makes sense for your audience in your industry, just make sure it's adding value. And if you're selling, make sure that content is aligned with where you're going with your selling opportunity. So it all has to come together. And then on your last day, if you're doing a multi-day event, we usually have them do an exercise where we have them make commitments that will be fueled by this event moving forward, like commitments that are actual. So the content that we share helps them get clear about the actions they want to take. And then we have them make commitments and really future pace them for what's possible. So for example, for one of my virtual events, we challenged our audience to commit to choosing two actions that were they were going to do before the end of the year. Now, this event was held in December, so it meant you got to get going. And so they chose two actions they were committed to doing come rain or shine by the end of the year. We also have them write a letter to themselves. This is something that I remember we did at a Tony Robbins event a long time ago. And you've probably been at an event where you write a letter to yourself and it shows up in your mailbox three months, six months, a year from then. And that's really fun. Now, you might be thinking, okay, well, what are they going to mail the letter to themselves? Actually, no, we had something really cool because this was a virtual event. We actually set up a page where they would go to it. We said, okay, right now go to amyporterfield.com forward slash whatever it was. They would go there and they'd see a box and they would write a letter to themselves. They would add their email address and it would, we set it up so that that email that they just wrote would get sent to them in six months. How cool is that, right? So we actually did have them write something where they would be getting it in six months. And it was something to be like, who do you want to be? How do you want to talk to yourself? How do you want to show up? Do that now and remind yourself of all of that in this letter. So when you get it in six months, you get recharged to get back in the game. If you're struggling or fell off the wagon or whatever, this letter is going to get you back in the game. And just coming back to the content a little bit, when you're creating content for a one-day event or multiple-day event, you want to make sure that you really are making it tactical so that they can take action because you want them to look back at your event and think, whoa, that was epic. That changed things for me. You also want to make sure it's super easy to follow for both the audience and for yourself when you're speaking overall. So we create a Google Doc for each presentation, keep it super high level, outlined what I want to talk about. We create slides that can lead me during my live presentations. I don't read a script or a teleprompter. I just practice in advance and I riff off each slide and just use my outline to just guide me through. And I think practicing your presentation or presentations, I usually do a few if it's a multi-day, a few times before you actually go live is actually... I don't know why I'm saying actually so many times, but it's very important. 
And when it comes to choosing speakers, let's talk about that for a moment as well, because I'm kind of rounding this out now. When it comes to choosing speakers, they should really align with the theme of the event. You could also consider someone well-known in your industry that will, you know, spark attention and get people really excited. So it's someone that they need to complement what you're teaching and add a different layer to the conversation. And if it's a big name, great. That tends to increase uh, show up rates. If you're selling tickets, it usually helps sell tickets. But if I'm not selling tickets and I feel like I could hold their attention on my own, I'm going to choose speakers that just add massive value. I don't care if they have a big following or if everyone knows them. I'm just looking for someone that will really wow them with their knowledge and expertise. Now, we do compensate our speakers either monetarily or we've done book buys in the past where if I'm going to have a speaker uh, on stage and they have a book, I'll offer to buy the book for everybody in the room if I'm doing an in-person event. I've done that multiple times or put the book in the swag bag if I'm doing an in-person event. For my live virtual events, then that gets a little trickier. And that's when I'll, I'll do a book buy if it makes sense, but I'll have to hold on to the books till I'm in person with people again, or I will just pay them for their time. I haven't always done that. I've always had a lot of speakers that were my dear friends. And so we might just do a trade, but when I invite people that I don't know, or haven't been in my world, or, you know, it's just kind of times have changed a little bit where I think it's important to offer to pay your speakers. And it's something I do now. And if you're thinking, but Amy, I can't afford to compensate a speaker, get scrappy. Like I said, there's always probably some kind of trade you can do with each other. So an important tip is to inform your speakers on who makes up your audience before they come on stage and just the overall theme of the event and really get involved in making sure that whatever they're presenting and their topic is going to fit and feels good for you and your audience. So it's good to have some back and forth conversation with those speakers. All right, now let's get into the day of and go live checklist because there are so many moving parts, platforms, and some tech involved in hosting a live virtual event. And my team has found it extremely helpful to create two docs. The first one is called a PAG, which I've mentioned. Remember, it means program at a glance. In this doc, we just create it in a Google sheet and you'll find the schedule for each day with in-depth details like the speaker or the activity, the start time of the speaker or the activity, what buttons or call to actions we need to include for our audience in the chat role and any important notes the team might need. And it's play by play, minute by minute. That way, everyone who's supporting you for this event can have one spot they all go to to see what's going on and what's coming up. And that is valuable. And guess what? That's the template that we did a copy of for you to have as well. So you're going to get a copy of this PAG. That way you can use this PAG to make your day extra organized. And you can grab this free resource by heading to the show notes, amyporterfield.com forward slash 467. Or if you're on a mobile right now, just go to the description of where this podcast is. And you should see a link to that freebie in the description for the podcast. Now, the other thing we create is a go live doc. And we actually shared this as a free resource in episode 403. So you can definitely check it out there. But basically, this is a Google doc that has all the important tech aspects of the event, such as an internal or external URL that we need, a step-by-step instruction for getting the platforms up and running, just in case we forget a step. And of course, the backup platform details like YouTube in my case, so that if you do have a problem, which 
you likely will at one point or another, you've got a backup. Basically, you want to think about creating these docs to include everything you might need at a moment's notice, because trust me, ugh, things move fast during a live virtual event, and you want to have everything easily accessible and organized. A couple of things you'll want to consider doing before you go live include testing out the platform you're going to use, like in my case, Vimeo, passwords, usernames, make sure you, they're all working. Essentially, just do a test run of everything. That includes ensuring that all of your slide decks are current and by checking the content and the design, making sure you have the right fonts on the computer you're using so the decks show up all right. We found that sometimes there won't be a particular font downloaded on my laptop and everything looks wonky and I'm like, oh, geez. So now we're like obsessed with checking fonts. And then you'll also want to ensure that any programs you're using are working properly. So for example, I hold an iPad during my event so I can easily interact with the audience and I can see what they're typing into the chat. So something I highly recommend that you do as well. And then my team also creates a question tracker so I can hop in the iPad and anytime I want to do a Q&A throughout the day, I've got all the questions that keep coming up. So that iPad is kind of my sidekick throughout any virtual live event. So one thing that my team does is that they make sure before I grab my iPad that the chat roll is working in the iPad. Any Q&A trackers are already pulled up, so I'm not frantically trying to find things on my iPad. They're just right there, and I can go back to them really easily. This makes a huge difference. But checking things, heck, triple checking things before you go live is a must. All right, that's a wrap. Let's just really quickly recap and then I'll give you some marching orders. So first, you gotta get clear on those six key decisions. So choose the dates of your virtual event, choose the overall theme of your event, decide how long your event will be, will you be selling at your event or just providing value and nurturing your audience, what platform will you host it on and what location will you be hosting your event from? Now, the next step is to start to craft and organize your content in your speakers. And then as the day approaches, make sure you're testing things out ahead of time and that you've got your day of go live docs ready so that you can have the whole experience feel seamless and fun for you and your audience members. So here's what I want you to do. First of all, I want to challenge you to host a virtual live event this year. It adds immense value and strengthens your relationship with your audience. So trust me on that one. And then I want you to start working through those six key decisions. Give yourself like 60 days to do the research and answer all the questions. Do not rush this. And then go and download that free resource. I didn't even know what a PAG was when I started this process. And now that I'm giving it to you as a template, it will be so much easier for you to start seeing traction faster than I did. So you can grab that at amyporterfield.com forward slash 467. Or if you're on a mobile right now, just go to the description of where you're listening to this podcast and you should see a link to it right away. All right. So, you know, I would love to hear from you. I want to have a conversation with you. Get into my DMs. Let me know if you're doing this live event, if you're going to make it happen. Find me on Instagram at amyporterfield. I'd love to chat with you more. All right, my friends, thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye for now.